Good morning and uh, welcome once again. Uh, we are grateful to have all our friends and families visiting with us this morning. Uh, we thank you for being with us and um, continuing to worship God with us online. Of course, um, we've been reminded so far this morning about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through the, uh, the breaking of bread and the taking of uh, the communion juice. I pray that uh, we are indeed finding ways to connect with God this morning as we think about his saving grace in our lives. Um, for the last month in July, uh, we focused on the theme of just really considering what the psalmist has to say or different psalms had to say about our walk with God and concerning, you know, just how we deal with trials. And I, I trust and I hope that you, know, you would have had uh, an incredible time studying out those particular psalms that we preached from on a Sunday morning. But as the year unfolds, of course, we are, we are reminded that um, our theme for the year is all in. And um, we are focusing on what does it mean to, to really be all in as a church, as individuals. Uh, we started off the year preaching on that theme, and we're going to continue and end off the year doing so as well. You know, um, so the plan is we're going to be preaching and studying all different characters of the Bible. And uh, with that, we're going to be able to look at the convictions that we see in these characters as they themselves were all in as we read from the pages of Scripture. And this morning, I have the privilege of uh, uh, sharing some thoughts with you on the character of Joseph, uh, a very um, intriguing character. His story is one that is told uh, across time and continues to, I would say, be a major revelation for all of us as we consider our own lives. So this morning, uh, we're going to be looking at the passage from Genesis chapter 49 reading from verse 22 to 26. Of course, as you turn to that passage, you would realize that it is not necessarily the beginning of Joseph's story, but in fact the end. Um, this is the story of Joseph's father, Jacob, and him speaking into the lives of his sons as he blesses them at the very end. And the title of my sermon this morning is From Slave to Prince. So, chapter 49, like I said, is recorded of, Jacob's, or of Jacob, who is also called Israel, the father of Joseph. You know, Jacob is, like I said, the father of Joseph. Joseph's story is one of great triumph in the midst or at the back end or at the end of great and extreme pressure. Uh, of course, we know the story, but for those of us who may not know, we will endeavor to, to share snippets of it so we could understand and be able to catch one as we continue. You know, Joseph grew up clearly in a dysfunctional family. His father favors him over his brothers, which was not good, and caused them to turn on him. His brothers decided to kill him, but instead they chose to sell him into slavery. He finds himself in the household of a man called Potiphar, who puts him in charge of his household 
And when the man's wife came on to Joseph, yes, he did, or she did, he resisted, but finds himself in prison after being accused of trying to sleep with his master's wife. In prison, he once again rises to the top, as he was the best prison inmate one could ask for if you're in the prison service, and was put in charge of all the prisoners. There he meets the cupbearer and the chief baker to the king. Uh, Joseph interprets their dreams for them and simply asks the cupbearer, please remember me when you are before the king. Of course, time passed and these guys totally forgot Joseph. As a matter of fact, two years later is when the cupbearer was before Pharaoh, king, and Pharaoh had this dream, and it's only after all the magicians and enchanters of the land could not interpret Pharaoh's dream was when the cupbearer remembers Joseph. So Joseph is summoned before the king where he interprets the dream, and Pharaoh puts Joseph in charge of the whole of Egypt. Of course, the story goes on as a story of saving of Joseph's people because his family was, be able to, was able to be reunited as Joseph was able to bring them to Egypt and take care of their needs. So, so for a very long time, Joseph's father did not see his son. And the reality is, down to the very end of his age, Scripture recalls that as, you, as his father sees him, Jacob that is, sees Joseph, he was praising God because guess what? Not only did he get to see his son, but he got to see his son's children as well, his two sons. So he goes through his son one by one, explaining to them what will happen to them in the future in this passage as we're going to be reading. And he started from the oldest, which is the firstborn, to the last, who was Benjamin. Joseph was the second to last, or the eleventh son. So the story of Joseph, I believe, will go down as one of the most told and referenced stories in the Bible. This story has everything one goes to the movies to be entertained by. Family life dysfunction or drama. Injustice, the sibling rivalry that we saw, action, suspense, revenge, or possible revenge. Of course, we know that Joseph chose to forgive instead. Sadness, joy, freedom, triumph. On the spiritual side, we see grace, mercy, forgiveness, redemption, and God's mighty hand. So, we're looking at Jacob, like I said, as he speaks about his son Joseph, and we come to the part in his time of his blessings of his son, of course, uh, it is a, a ritual that he, as a father is about to die, he brings his children around them and blesses them. And his blessings, obviously, will, will obviously be him speaking into their lives. And ultimately, you know, depending on his walk with God, these things do come through. You know, but these five verses 
give us a, a snapshot at the life of Joseph in, I would say, poetic fashion. But let's pray at this time before we read. Our great and merciful Father, we thank you this morning that you've allowed for us to be able to be in our homes. We thank you for protecting us, for allowing for us to be able to be in sound mind and to, to be able to have a heart that desires to, to learn and to grow and to think about who you are in our lives. As we look at the story of Joseph, um, as we try to uh, take a snapshot of, of his life, I pray, God, that we would be able to really internalize what does it mean for us. How can it encourage our hearts? Even though we've heard this story time and time again, we know that, God, there's always something in there that we can learn. And we trust that this morning you would do just that. Teach us so that we can grow. Give us humility. Give us soft hearts. Uh, speak through me as I share your words this morning. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Sorry about that. So my first point this morning is growing pains. Growing pains. Let's read in verse 22. It says, Joseph is a fruitful vine. Now remember, this is Jacob speaking. And he is now spoken to all of his ten sons. Now he is on Joseph. And he begins by saying, Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring, whose branches climb over a wall. You know, the blessing of Joseph are maximum. You get the impression of. You know, but the truth is being or beginning, the beginning of his story is a bitter pill. You know, Joseph, or I would say Jacob, speaks about both his past and his future. You know, Joseph is described as a fruitful vine. But he had to climb over some walls. You know, I'll share a bit about my life with you this morning. I remember the time of most, I would say, difficulties as a, as a little boy growing up was when my dad said that he was leaving. And he, in fact, proceeded to leave our home and left behind my mom, me, my two brothers, and my two sisters. And while he was in and out of our lives, the truth is, all we knew was our family. And together, we, 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 we loved it. Life was hard. We didn't have much, but we had each other. But he chose to leave for his own reasons, of course. Now, so at the age of 13, having to stop school and look for work, I remember one of my first jobs was with this contractor. And um, pretty much the, the job was we have to get up at 3 a.m. in the morning because we have to be on the job site for 4. And if you've ever been to the rooftop of any building, whether it be in Port of Spain or anywhere, and you see this black, hard material kind of pasted on the ground, 
it's, it's a type of a material that they use to, to cause for no leaks to happen in, in your roof, whether it be, most times it's because it's concrete. So our task was to remove that material in order for them to put new layers on. So it meant that getting there early in the morning was the goal because once the sun comes out, guess what? This material hardens. And so I remember working, thinking, man, yes, we're working hard. And trust me, it was hard work. You know, you'd be using these hard metal um, objects to literally break this material to be able to lift it and remove it from the actual roof and throw it down in, in whatever device we had at that time. But after all this hard work, I remember showing up to get paid. Of course, man work, man must get paid, right? And I never forget being told after two weeks of hard labor, let's call it that, being told that I wasn't going to get paid half the amount that was owed to me as far as I can, I'm concerned. So life was hard. Uh, of course, I don't have time to tell you the, the, the end of that. It wasn't easy. I definitely had to consider what the goal was in terms of work. I uh, didn't stay in that job for long, for sure. You know, but life wasn't easy. I remember my walls to climb over as a young man. You know, that was just one story of my life growing up. What about you? What do you recall? What walls do you remember having to climb over? You know, when you think about Joseph, he had so many walls to climb. You know, how did he turn out spiritual? That's the question. How easy was it for him to not be bitter towards his brothers? To not be bitter towards people? Towards his master, Potiphar? You know, I think it can be very easy for us today to become bitter. When injustice comes our way, you know, I recall the story of a man by the name of Archie. And recently heard about his story. He was incarcerated in America for 37 years of his life for a crime that he did not commit. And after being freed through DNA testing, was able to pursue his dream, which was to sing as an entertainer. And he has an amazing voice. And I saw him one night on a favorite show that we have at home, which is America's Got Talent. And the story goes where they, they talk about his life and what he did and where he came from. And when he shared his story, of course, everyone was crying, including myself, of course. But the amazing thing, when they asked Archie, well, how did you survive? He said, something that was very profound. He said, they incarcerated me, but I did not let them incarcerate my mind. You see, his physical body went to prison, but his mind was free. He didn't allow 
his circumstances to get the better of him. Of course, you can go read up on him because he did many things in prison, but I don't have time to go through that. I'm just saying, life is hard. But what do you do? How do you climb these walls to get to the other side when they come? You know, Jacob reminds Joseph of the difficulties and fiery darts of temptation he had formerly struggled through. I believe we can all relate to Joseph in some way or the other. In verse 23, it continues, it says, With bitterness, archers attacked him. They shot at him with hostility. You know, life has a way, like I said, of dishing out many types of hardships. We may come from humble beginnings, poverty, abusive relationships. Maybe you've been abused verbally, physically, sexually even. Bullied in school, health challenges, physical or even mental. Lost of loved ones, family issues, co-workers on your case, boss man or boss woman seem to have it out for you. One thing we see is the ability that Joseph had to overcome these challenges. You know, maybe these challenges came later on in life for you. Maybe life started off nice, but then the challenges came. Maybe it's after even finding God, after pursuing Him, after going from church to church and whatever, different religions maybe even. Then you find yourself before God, but then guess what? The temptations don't cease. As a matter of fact, after becoming a Christian, I believe temptations increased. Old habits, of course, sinful ones. Past relationships. Your own desire to do as you please. The battle within the flesh or between the flesh and the spirit. I believe we can all say that that's simply pride. Because we want to do things our way. I share a passage with you this morning in Romans chapter 8. Verse 6 to 8, it says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God, God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You know, Paul explains the conflict we find ourselves in once we are chosen by God and respond to his saving grace. Isn't it true that Timoth Paul says to Timothy, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted? So it means that it really doesn't matter if you are outside of God or even inside with him. Life is challenging but I do believe I'd rather life in with him and deal with my challenges because I know what my end result would be I'll be with him you know my personal thoughts when I think about challenges I tend to view them from in three different categories I see life challenges or let's just say simple life challenges 
Maybe it's having to work for food. <laughs> it's a challenge sometimes. You know, or maybe cooking your own food. Two, spiritual challenges. Acknowledging that God is the one who provides my food. Making him priority in my life as his creation. And three, consequential challenges. As a result of my decisions in life, challenges come. Bad eating habits, abuse of alcohol, and the list goes on. These things have repercussions. They bring challenges. And whether or not we are disciples, the fact is, is that our decisions in life will always bear some kind of fruit in our lives. Maybe not now, but down the road they will. But Joseph, in his story, I believe, faced all three challenges in his life. But his faith did not fail. Through his trials, he bore all his burdens firm or with firmness and did not do anything unbecoming. His, his example is truly a stellar one. You know, the Bible says in James chapter 1, it's one of my favorite passages, because I feel like even as a young Christian, I felt like there were so many challenges coming my way. So when I was introduced to this passage, it just calmed me. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You know, as Jacob speaks about his son, Joseph, he remembers his hard life. Even though he was not there, he was told and understood. But it comforted him as he was able to see the perseverance that his son portrayed throughout his life, through all his growing pains. I pray that's what we will do as well. Point number two, steady hands. In verse 24, it goes on, it says, But his bow remained steady, his strong arms stayed limber. Because of the hand of the mighty one of Jacob, because of the shepherd, the rock of Israel. You know, I was looking up this term, having steady hands. And it's actually, you can use this same terminology to be able to say having self-control or being calm. You know, and I just found it very, very interesting when I considered the character of Joseph. It continues in verse 25. Because of your father's God who helps you because of the Almighty who blesses you with blessings of the skies above, blessings of the deep springs below, blessings of the breast and womb. You know, having the full picture of Joseph's life can be a great disservice to us as we can downplay the endurance and hardships he had to endure while maintaining his integrity before God and man. You know, I believe as we read through Scripture, 
we must not be so quick to skip to the good part. <laughs> you know, sometimes we're like, ah, this all this drama, and, and you know, yeah, Potiphar's wife. No, I want to get to Egypt. When he was in his glory, when, 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 when before Pharaoh, he was made ruler over the entire land. We love that because that shows God's triumph in his life. But what about the hardships? What about the pain and suffering? Do we skip past that? Or do we truly ponder on what does this mean for me? You know, as we read, like I said, we need to spend sufficient time pondering on the sufferings endured by Joseph and the many other characters that we see in Scripture. I think about Daniel, Job, Abraham, Paul, Jesus, maybe Naomi. You know, I think of the men and women, even in our fellowship today, and the endurance shown by all who have remained faithful to God over the years. For us who are alive still, and those who have died in Christ. You know what it took for you to be here still today. <laughs> you know how much hours of prayer, getting up early in the morning and, and, and wrestling with your God, resisting temptation, studying out scriptures, wrestling with God's word and, and, and trying to get your heart not only allowing it to be in your mind, but dragging that thought and putting it in your heart so it becomes part of who you are, so that you can endure. And even more so today, given our current challenges, we need to be thinking about what does it mean to endure? You know, maybe you've had dreams and aspirations for your life. And things are not going the way you planned. You pictured life to be a particular way by now. But it's not. What is your response? Where is your heart? Where is God in all of this? You know, when we take the time to look at the struggles of those who've gone before us, we might come to, con to the conclusion that we have a cool walk in the park. <laughs> that life isn't all that hard as we think it is. But I do agree, it doesn't take away this thing. It doesn't take away the fact that you have gone through what you've gone through. We must take heart, though, and be inspired by our spiritual brothers and sisters, both in the pages of Scripture and those the Spirit has put in our path for us to build with. That is the body of Christ right here in Trinidad and Tobago. But ultimately, we must acknowledge where our strength and saving comes from. 
You know, Jacob reminds Joseph that it was the God of his father who helped him, who was with him. It was the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and now Joseph, who walked through with him, who gave him the ability to actually share or, 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 or give the, the, the vision that Pharaoh had and interpret Pharaoh's dream. You know, there's a spiritual legacy that points right back to the Lord. So all our strengths for resisting temptations and bearing afflictions come from God. His grace is sufficient. It has been, is, and always will be. So let it be said of us all that our hands were steady and are steady. But always remember that the steadiness will only come from the mighty one of Jacob. My last point, the perfect plan revealed. Jacob ends his blessing of his son, Joseph, by pointing to the, I would say, the overflowing of God's blessings in his life and how God brought him to a place of triumph, you could say. He says, your father's blessings are greater than the blessings of the ancient mountains, than the bounty of the age-old hills. Let all these rest on the head of Joseph, on the brow of the prince among his brothers. You know, Joseph's story started with much injustice. Becoming a slave was the last thing he would have thought his story would have read. But here in the end, look at what God has done. God brought out, or he brought about his good and perfect plan. You know, this, the story of Joseph has taught us many things over the years. As students of the Bible, we are compelled to listen to his story whenever we are going through our own trials. How many times have you looked to Joseph to think, man, how did he handle this boy? What did he do? And be encouraged, be inspired. You know, what would we have done if his story wasn't told? If Joseph decided to give up? What if the story read was one where God intervened on his behalf at the very beginning? Today we would not have the challenges of his life to look back to and to glean from. You know, everything I went through as a young man 
has worked to bring me closer to God. I can look back now and see God's hand in my life, guiding me, protecting me. But my story is still being told. So I can't afford to stop trusting in God's plan for my life. What about you? What has God been doing in your life to reveal his perfect will to you? Are you surrendered like Joseph was? Or are you fighting him? Are you trusting in his plan and not yours? You know, one passage that really encourages my heart as I think about time and, and, and circumstances is Ecclesiastes 7 verse 8. It says, The end of a matter is better than its beginning, and patience is better than pride. Patience is better than pride. How's your patience? Are you waiting on the Lord? Or are you tired of waiting on Him? You know, Joseph was committed to honoring the Lord and walking in his way. So let us also commit ourselves to walking in accordance to the Lord's will for our lives. Not that life may be easy and full of temporary blessings, for Joseph's life was anything but easy and often lacked temporary blessings, but rather that we may experience the mercy and grace of our Heavenly Father as He watches over us and provides for our needs. From slave to prince. What an amazing story. So, growing pains, the struggles of life are real and we all face them. Steady hands, no matter what happens, we must keep our integrity and steady our hands before God. The plan of God revealed. In the end, God's will always prevails. God bless you.